So this morning, hello everybody. <laughs> this morning I'd like to share with you a um, recording from my Inspiring Adventures interview with the author of The Legacy Letters. It's a book by Karu Papritz and we call him Cowboy Karu. He's a wonderful man. I had a wonderful interview with him last year, just before Christmas, and I'm going to play that interview from YouTube. You'll be able to connect there to YouTube and watch it if you like, or just listen here on Anchor. And also, I am going to be meeting with him today online. We're going to be recording another interview, which will be played on um, Bubbler Media in a couple weeks. So I'm so excited. So if you have any questions for the author of The Legacy Letters, Karu Papritz, please call in. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, and also I hope you enjoy this interview um, and this episode of Inspiring Adventures. Thank you. I'm Melissa Reyes, and tonight I have with me this really awesome guest. I have been looking forward to this for a long time. I have with me, right next to me, right here... Cowboy Carew. <laughs> Hi. Carew. Am I saying that right? You got Carew? it. Yeah. Carew. Yeah. Okay. Because I really want to call call you Carew because you are such a caring person. I'm so oh. excited to meet you. But Carew Petrits is the author of The Legacy Letters. This is an award-winning book and it is... Um, it says, The Legacy Letters, His Wife, His Children, His Final Gift. And it's just a beautiful book about writing letters. It's written in letter form, right? Yes. Okay. Which is one of my favorite things. And uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about writing letters to Santa. Yes. And I'm anxious to hear a little bit about your background and, and why you wrote The Legacy Letters. So tell me about yourself. Well, where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> Um, interestingly enough, I, I lived in Hollywood, of all wonderful places on this planet. And wonderful Hollywood, and I lived up on uh, Laurel Canyon and next to the Hollywood Boulevard, for those of you that are familiar with that area. Mm -hmm. um, I got my degree in filmmaking from UCLA. I was in the film industry for about seven or eight years. I worked behind the scenes in the art department, had my union card, the full nine yards. Oh, wow. And then... I thought, hmm, I don't know if this pace of life is the way that I want to live. And so I ended up driving around the West um, because I've lived in Wyoming. I've lived in Montana and Colorado. I was brought up in the state of Washington. Okay. Granddad had a small ranch when I was growing up out there, so I'm familiar with that. And anyhow, I ended up in Arizona, of all places, um, in a, what I like to call a three-bar town. And then, uh, I asked this old cowboy for a job, and he said, yeah, I got a fencing job way out the heck and gone. So I went out there, and I was fencing alone under the stars for months on end, and I, the pen picked itself up and wrote this book. And literally, I was riding on the back of a pickup under lantern light for months, and then I got a job working as a cowboy at a local ranch where I was the foreman. And, uh, wow. and literally, you can stand on a hilltop and look, and you cannot see a light to save your life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Out in the, out in the, um, what's all that? The Great Alone. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you want to call that. <laughs> out, out on the range. <laughs> out on the range, that's right. Yeah, so you're a real cowboy. You were a real working cowboy on, you know, did you, when you were working in the film industry, did you ever play a cowboy or was that part of your background or is that just part of who you are? I guess that's always been part of who I am. Um, I remember uh, my dad was a ranger in Grand Teton National Park when I was a kid. That's near Yellowstone. And uh, we would go out and help the local ranchers and get on the horses and gather cattle. So there was always points in my life where I was coming back to that sort of ranch life. But it was interesting that it took my leaving the film industry to sort of rediscover my roots. And even though it was in the Southwest, I still have very strong roots in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was a re, it was a spiritual discovery. I guess that was that's the, that's the easiest way to put it. What was a spiritual discovery? Your... Well, maybe it was early. Maybe it was more of an early midlife crisis. Maybe that was <laughs> an easier way to put it. Maybe that's a more honest way of putting it. Okay. But you know, it was fascinating to come to this point, and um, you know, forsaking all your friends, leaving behind everything that you knew, and and to end up at this spot and saying, "Gosh, I could leave. I could go back. I could make loads of money." I could be in the, in the in the wildlife. I could be on location. You know, it was, it's heady stuff to be in the film industry, as you well know. Mm-hmm. But I just felt so strongly that something inside me said, "You are supposed to stay here and move forward from here." And that's a that's a heck of a decision to make, especially when it involves career and and the commitment to that type of career. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what was it that drew you? Just the um, more. Um, I don't know, centered type of lifestyle, more wholesome lifestyle, or was it? Oh, I think that's a good way. I think that's, I think it's a way of getting right back into the dirt. <laughs> that's what you're I mean, supposed to do. Now, did you already have yeah. a family? You're no, I didn't. None at all. Just you just yeah. out there, and that was what it was going to be. No, and that story is a really yummy story because um, a good friend of mine, so this ranch that I was, taking care, you know, working over it. I was the foreman on, but I was the sole, what they call a hand, a cow hand on this ranch. And uh, occasionally I'd work for a good buddy of mine who was a, um, he was an outfitter. So he ran people nearby in tents. I was a horseback pack outfitter. Mm-hmm. And so I was about two, two and a half years out at the ranch. Um, and the, the lonely cowboy syndrome, you know, was, was, was always present. I and, think um, I cannot relate to that because I'm a city girl, but <laughs> I can imagine it must be, it must get lonesome out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must get lonesome. And, um, I mean, when all you have for company is, is coyotes and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, that's it. I mean, you, you had, I, there was nothing. I had a classical, I had one classical music station somehow found its way through the, uh, the cracks in the mountains. No TV, nothing. And, and um, I ended up wrangling for my buddy one weekend. He said uh, that he and his wife were having a child, and he said, hey, can you take over for me? I said, sure. I did. And um, I met my wife to be and wrangled her. Like a big root. She can't stand when I do that. And we ended up writing letters for a couple of years. We got married at the ranch on horseback, and it was incredibly romantic. 
You're breaking up a little bit for me, but I'm going to keep talking because I think that sometimes um, that catches up um, the magic of the internet. But, um, but yeah, well, that's, that's a real, that is a real yummy story because, you know, people who are looking for love get really frustrated when they can't make it happen. But it just, sometimes it just happens on its, on its own. And you, um, you know, you filled in for a friend and you met the, the woman you were meant to be with. Isn't that a wonderful story? I love that. Yeah, no, it is a wonderful story. And the fact that we wrote letters, I mean, what better way to, to the old fashioned writing letters and getting to know someone that way. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's extraordinary. Have you ever heard of a book called A Woman of Independent Means? It's by Louisa Alcott. Yeah, it's a great book. It's, it, was, it was the first book that I read where I thought I could be a writer. And I was a young girl. My mom gave me the book. And it's all about, it's all told through letters. And the letters um, span, um, the story of three generations of women. And I just, um, I loved reading and, and just admired how they could write a story that you can get the understanding of what a person is thinking and feeling and experiencing, but it's all through this correspondence. And then flash forward to this time, there's um, a woman, oh, Lisa, I wanna say, I'm looking up because I've got her books up there, Becker. Hope I don't butcher her name. And she wrote the book Click. And Click is kind of about um, it's all in text messages and emails. And she writes does a story like that too. So that really appeals to me. Is that kind of what your legacy letters is like? You know, there's a really fun experiment here that we can try. <laughs> Okay. I know. Look, she's, she's all nervous. Oh, God. Wait a second. No, I love it when men answer questions with questions. Go for it. <laughs> My favorite. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so, okay. let's do it. So, yeah, here's, tell me a story so, and see if I can figure I'll out tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Right. So, I've, I've done, gosh, probably 200 book signings in the last couple of years. I just book oh. sign and book sign. It's really wonderful all over the country. And... The, the toughest thing is to get, even though you go to book science, the toughest thing is to get people to read your darn book. Right. And so I was at a Barnes & Noble book signing one day, and this, this mother and, and son were going back and forth, and, uh, and I said, oh, come on over. God, I'm not scary, really. Come on over. I'll let me tell you what this book about. And they sheepishly sort of came over, and she says, okay. And I said, so I told them about the book, and she goes, oh, that sounds really good. No, she didn't say she said, that sounds interesting. I said, oh, oh, let me let me pull the interesting knife on my back, you know, and she says, she's like, Wow, really? Well, that sounds yeah, interesting. Interesting. The depth of interesting. I said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I've never done before. I said, I'm going to um I'm gonna make a promise to you here. I'm gonna make a deal with you that if you open this book to any page in this book, I guarantee you'll turn to the next page or I'll give you your money back and you haven't even bought the book. And her son was there on the cell phone. And I said, you too. You get a book. And I was just like, I'm going to get these books. I want to read. So she picks up the book. He picks up the book. And I start reading. One page, two pages, three pages. She sets down the book. And she says, I'll take two. I said, what? I said, I'll take two. I said, oh, my gosh. I couldn't even believe it. And then she goes over to pay for it. And I turn to the kid. And he's still reading. 
I said, uh -huh. what gifts? I said, I never thought you'd keep reading this book. What, what's the deal? And he turned to me and looked in my eye and he said, I don't have a father. I wish the man in this book was my dad. Gosh, that is, that's, that's sweet. Now I'm flipping through the book as you're telling me the story and it's all signed from Papa. So like you said, if you picked any page, you're going to, so you're going to page from Papa. So and that, it, here's the experiment. Yeah. Yeah. So pick it. So pick a page, turn to a page, read a pair, read three lines and tell me if you want to keep reading. That's the experiment. Okay. Okay, I'll do it if you answer my question. Do you remember my my question? Oh my gosh, that was that was a story ago. <laughs> I know. That's okay. I remember. Let's see, I'm flipping. Okay. Oh, here we go. So, oh, of course I of course I come up on a page that doesn't have anything. Oh, this is a beautiful did you draw this? It's a handwritten letter, yeah. So that's the yeah. actual true letter that the father left behind. So this is a fiction story and the only book in publishing history to win awards in both fiction and nonfiction. Oh, that's interesting. That's really cool. Okay, so uh, this letter you must write. This letter is you made paper and ink. This letter carries weight, unlike mouth words, which are made of air and have no place to go but into the ether. This letter holds time, your God-given time, the minutes and hours you took to craft and weigh your words, to create sentences true, clear, and powerful. Your time has gone onto the paper and into the ink, and that is what the person will have of you, you as time. Wow, you're an incredible writer. I just, it, I love words when they can come out of my mouth like that that I've never seen before and really have an impact. And, you know, that is, um, I heard you read um, an excerpt of your book on a video on YouTube today. And, that, you know, that was very beautiful too. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's no wonder that this is a award winner, winner of five national awards. And, it's, you know, we're, we're here to talk about the book, but I want to get to know you. And so that's why I was asking about you as far as, you know, how you try to portray the story in letters. What made you do that? What, what came to you that said, let's do it in a story form, but with letters? It seemed to me the most... naked way that I could open myself up. I mean, that sounds so, so provocative, but it's the people's response to the words in the book. It's, it's again, extraordinary going to these book signings and having people read, they will come to me and they will open up in ways that I feel like I'm just the messenger and yet because of the honesty of the words, because of the, the way that I dug for them, you know, down in the spiritual dirt and, and down in the real dirt, that people respond to that. And it's, it's I got to tell you, Melissa, it's extraordinary. I mean, when people come to me and open up about um, 
their families and their lives and the tragedies that have happened to them or the hopes that they have. And just after reading a few pages or paragraphs, and again, I'm, I'm so moved by that. So I know I'm going further afield from why I actually wrote it. As an artist, you do what you do selfishly because you have to do it. That's your that's your calling. And I like that. what happens? Yeah, what you do selfishly. Yeah, you really do because you, in a way, you don't have a choice of, of why you have to do it. You just you. You have to take this thing inside of you and put it out into the world. And at that point, how it's looked at or conceived of by other people, that's whether it's beautiful or not or moving or not or, or whether they carry it further afield in their lives, that's a, that's a whole different deal. So I, I had to the, – the, the job was given – the spiritual job was given to me to do this book, and I stayed with it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, tell me, let's switch gears a little bit and tell me about some of the promotions that you did for the book. You drove across country, you visited schools and libraries and did book signings, but you didn't just do sitting at a desk writing and signing books. You launched balloons and arrived on, on horseback. And uh, tell me, you know, tell me some stories there. Oh gosh, stories! Oh, this is the this is fun stuff because the the book publishing world is really worn out. You know, they <laughs> just they're they're just sort of I don't know they're they're back seventy eighty years ago when people were reading books every day and very slowly in large books and now you have to compete with the internet you have to compete with all this you know talking dogs and you know barking babies and things like that. <laughs> What are you going to do? So, but I have to do things in a very genuine fashion. I just can't go out and and, and be a carnival barker just for the, the sheer heck of it. So I found a way through my own words and through my own book that I decided to take the essence of the book, which is living life to the fullest, and running with that the best way I knew how. So it was going outside and doing things such as doing the first ever digital book signing by an independently published author, but doing it on horseback while riding up to Barnes and Noble. Right. And people loved it. And so I conceived of these first ever events because I thought this is a first ever book, so why not? And then I did a, the first ever modern day whistle stop book tour from Orlando all the way to Niagara Falls and doing book signings on Amtrak, right? I do a, what was called a pop-up book signing. I'd be there in the, the, the rail car and literally pop up and say, we're having a book signing. People look at you like you're nuts, hold out a big banner, start a book signing, and people like, they'd show up, and it was a, it was a party. It was amazing. How did you decide to do all this? Did you have a publicist, or did you come up with these creative ideas on your own and start a campaign? What was your process? Yeah. See this right here? Yeah. <laughs> That's my price It's in my ear. I'm the, I'm the guy. Yeah, I'm the, the guy that comes up with these ideas because, right, because I'm the guy that has to go do these things, but that wants to go do these things. Right. I mean, like being on top of Mount St. Helens, you know, the volcano, doing a book signing up there or on top of the space, you know, rafting down the space, you know. And then, and then I thought, I really want to get kids excited. So what am I going to do? Well, uh, here's okay, a story. This <laughs> is the story of this. 
I um I was thinking, what's the what's the next thing I could do? I thought, okay, I could go to Niagara Falls, you know, doing a book signing. Oh yeah, right. That my wife wouldn't be too happy. My son would be too. I'm, that might be fun, but I tell you what, it's a loser. Over the song? Thought, well, yeah, yeah, go over in a barrel. No, I yeah, in a barrel. <laughs> And then, I, and then I thought of the barrel being carried aloft by balloons, and I thought, no, wait a second. The, the book could be carried off, aloft by balloons. Right. And then I came up with this whole, whole great legacy book balloon launch. And um, the, the funny backstory to this was um, I kept telling my wife and said, okay, we're going to do this thing. We're going to create this, this national book launch, and we'll put the book in a Ziploc bag and we'll tie it to these balloons. We'll carry them in. I was already designing posters and getting people on board and doing all this. And my wife said, "Well, I think yeah, I think you need to see if it works." I go, "Ah, oh, honey, I'm a man. I know what's, I know what works, you know." So after three months of doing this, one day she says, "Let's go buy some balloons. Let's see if this works." So we go into our living room, put the book in the Ziploc bag, get it all attached to one balloon, or five balloons, or ten balloons. Or no. 15 20 balloons stands up on edge and my son is goes paperback version or hardback version this is the hardback version which of course is nuts that it would go up and come down so right then i then i, I had a dream one night <laughs> right like you're gonna be up there it's gonna fall hit somebody this is nuts so i i had a dream one night and i created a miniature version of the book can everyone see how big that's this this big the entire book fits on one sh half a sheet of paper. Right. So literally, we could say we could set a world record by sending the book off, and we did. So did. we did the like, book balloon launch all over the country with boys and girls clubs and YMCAs. And when you go on to thelegacyletters.com or you go on to my YouTube, Papert's YouTube channel, and check out videos of the kids squealing, they squealing when they release these book balloons in the sky like it's the, it's the most amazing thing of it I, man just just it's so much fun now did you get feedback did people find the balloons and contact you and or find the books and contact you how far did they go well we had one book that went about 120 miles so what's really cool is we combine technology with the website, so when you enter into the website, the great book, and we're gonna do it again this summer. You put in your information and all this, and then you get a download of the book, and you get a tracking number that you'd actually have to write in this miniature book. So, when someone would find it, they put the tracking number back in the website, and it would tell the person how far, or the kids, how far their book was going to travel. It was really yeah, That's what fun. It's like the old message in a bottle idea, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard of that done with books. You know, I've had, I've heard of the messages going out, and then, of course, you know, it's touching to me because my son wanted to do a book launch when my dad passed away. I mean, a book launch, a balloon launch. And so it was his idea, and we did that, and everybody um, was Memorial Day. And we had red, white, and blue balloons for my dad, and we wrote messages on them and let them off. Um, and that was a really neat experience. So I just love that beauty of 
the balloons. Also, I'm, you know, my background, my family's from New Mexico and they have the big hot air balloons uh, festival there. And, you know, so just that idea of being aloft into the sky. I just, I, I love that. I love the energy and the idea. So, but then to be carrying a book off. So I love authors and writers and writing and, that's a terrific idea. It had oh, so much potential. I'm glad you're going to do it again. I think that's really oh, yeah. cool. Really it's cool. really cool. The other part that's, that's cool, too, is that when we do it again, so, so if you bought a book, you could check off what part of the we – we gave the um, – we gave profits from the book. I forgot what it was exactly, but we would give them. You could choose the Make a Wish Foundation. Oh, you could nice. choose Reading is Fundamental or the Military Mama Network, which actually helps out military families. And you could check where you wanted your donation to go to. Fantastic. Yes. And then kids at the level of launching balloon. Oh, oh, and now we got social media involved. So in that, you would um, hashtag. You know, uh, it was book balloon or book launch or book balloon launch, and we had different themes throughout the weeks. So, book balloon launch from your uh, with your favorite pet. So, people would dress up their pets and launch balloons, and dress up on your favorite summer vacation spot, or <laughs> with your favorite girlfriend or, boy, or your favorite patriotic theme in Fourth of July, or. Just whatever. It was fun. Just or the most artistic ones you could do, or the, or the biggest group ones you could do. So it was great. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, that's really – and so uh, when did your book – when was your book launched? When did it come out? In the Officially January, January 2014. Okay. So um, so it's been – you know, it's been a couple of years of this, but you – you're you're continuing with it, which is what we as self you're self published or um, self. We like to say when when you are making an attempt to make money at publishing a book, you are independently yeah. published because they can have right. Yeah. Right. Because self published still has that stigma to it. So self published to me is the, and when I give talks to folks, I say, hey, if you're doing this for your friends and family. You're going to sell 50 copies. That's it. You're out to make a living off of this. You are an independent publisher. No, really and truly, because you are being independent from the big boys. And so I, I'm a real crusader for saying independent publishers. I like that. I like that. I do. And, and that is exactly the difference. Like I'm, I'm self-published, but I didn't do the promotion part of it. I wasn't interested in that for that particular book. I wanted the experience of, of writing, editing, publishing, and and finishing a project, but that wasn't the book that I wanted to go wide with. I have other books in my head that I want to do that with, and so that time will come. But um, so exactly like I I didn't lose any money, and that was <laughs> I didn't spend a lot of money on it, and that was my goal to make money on it. And I know a lot of authors who. Who do a lot of um, a lot of a lot of books? <laughs> that yeah. is what you have to do, and it doesn't end with just this one season. It just continues, and so you know you really had um, had put a lot of effort into this. Did you have your plan for this um, whole campaign that lasted the last few years um, from the beginning, or is it just grown and grown and grown? 
Beautiful question. And the reason is, as an artist and as an author, especially as an author, you come to the end of this. And this book, so there's a larger book to this, and I'm gonna, I'll have to come back and just say it in a moment, but, but when I completed this, it was completing a marathon. Yeah. And I had I had worked with my editor who I'd written books in my early twenties to, to great success and he was still alive and so it took us a couple years of solid editing to edit the, the big book, which is all two hundred letters. Mm-hmm. Um and um and to and then we came to the end, it's like, Oh, you're done. Now I'm ready to get an A. I had agents, I've done all this type of stuff before. I thought, no problem. I got it out there into the world, I had no problem getting it read. Everyone's saying, we love your book. Oh, my gosh, it's just the best. You know, you're just, oh, oh, this is going to be so great. Mm-hmm. And then no one was picking it up. I said, well, well, what's going on here? You know, and after a number of people said they love it, love it, love it, love it. And I said, what's going on? I said, tell me the truth. Guys, what's really? And they go, well, you're a nobody. And I said, no, no, really tell me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> really? A nobody? Uh, so I said, what do you in mean? In my so world. <laughs> yeah, right. Am I right? And he said, um, you don't have a platform. And I go, what's a platform? You don't have a following. You don't have all this. I go, well, you know, you just sound like Rip Van Winkle, which I was coming out of this setting, writing this book. So it wasn't enough to have powerful words anymore. Mm-hmm. You had to take on social media. And then it's like, you're kidding. So... I figured if I was going to dance with the devil, social media, then I was going to leave. So now I am Mr. Social Media. I mean, you know, yeah, and so that was a go. part of that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so at that that's a, that's, that's, you know, it's inspiring to know that because we don't always do everything with a plan and everyone is talking about strategy. And of course, it's the beginning of the year and we're talking about goals and intentions and, you know, the vision statements and all of that. And, and you want, you know, to, to plan things out. Yet life doesn't always work according to plan. But, if you know, I find it difficult and not fun to as an artist to plot everything out. I like to have a basic backbone, but, um, but you know, so you did like what you would say, everything right, and then realize there's a whole other part of it you had to do. And you went for it, and you're doing such, such with such success. It's really nice to see, and I think that's gonna be inspiring oh, to a lot of people watching. Well, and it's very scary. Okay, let's be honest about it. It's scary. The scary part is, you, you, you give yourself as a writer, and trust me, I meet a lot of these writers. I talk to a lot of them. I go to conferences and talk about this process, and and I start to talk to them about the marketing of it, and I see the glaze, you know, and I have to bring them back. And I say, guys, we can start small and go out there in this, this brave new world because sorry enough that, that your words have to be carried you know, by, by greater hands than you now, and it's not enough just to write a book. Are you kidding me? Really? It's so hard to write a book. It's so hard to write a good book. And then you have to do, as I like to say, you finish the marathon and you come to the end and the guy goes, oh, no, actually, you have to go back. <laughs> You're saying, what, I got to run another marathon? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. That's exactly what it is. Melissa. Right. Oh, my God. And, and I think the part of finally finding my 
marketing voice, which was able to combine the passion within the book, the passion that I, the way I live life, and wanting to be outdoors and filmmaking and all this. I, I'm at a place where like, oh, it feels good again. Yeah, you know, when we're, when you put all your passions together and you can make something out of it, isn't that the best? Oh, passion. Yeah, that's the best. I mean, that's yeah. that's what we like. That's, that's good yeah, stuff. that's what I want to do. So um, let me ask you a couple of questions. You said you had been uh, doing a lot of interviews lately, which is great, and because um, now you're tapping into other people's audiences, and it's going to grow and grow and grow. So what was the best question you've had so far in your interviews? The one that you liked. I know the best response. I've ever given when okay. someone asked me yeah the best response was and it was with an author magazine interview it was like this type of interview it, it was a two camera live setup and then they it's actually on um, on the YouTube channel there and he asked me something about how do you how did you get there what, what was the way that you sort of like the question you asked about opening yourself up mm -hmm. gosh I gotta, I gotta remember exactly said how did you do it? What did you have to do? And I said, I had to be, and I said, naked. And it was great because it was a two camera setup. <laughs> I was going, like, I said, wait, what? Naked. It was great. And, and he, it sort of caught him off guard. And he says, naked. <laughs> he was waiting for me to film him naked. And I said, naked, like exposing yourself like an artist does. He goes, I can see the sigh of relief, like, oh, thank uh, God. <laughs> now, I've seen you with the naked cowboy in New, in New York, right? Is that that's you? Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, I've seen great. that picture. And so Isn't that's that a lot of what I picture when you're saying naked, but I know what you mean because that's raw. That's like the bare bones, right? You know, that's what right. like, like really, you know, um, ex like you said, exposing yourself. I think that's great. Okay, so that's a good question. What's the what was the hardest question to answer? Ooh, gosh, these are good questions. Um, I'm just making this up as I go along because, really? it's like I, said, I used to have a lot of questions prepared, and it just made me nervous. So now I just talk. So you just talk off your head. I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> I got that. The hardest question is not a single question. It usually, in the beginning, it was very, very hard to come out of the artist's cave, to come out of the writer's cave. And this is a very, this book is does two things. It's a very, very private book. I mean, these are private letters mm -hmm. that you are being allowed to read. And yet it's a very naked revealing book. And so in the beginning, it was very, very difficult for me to, to talk about those things in, a, in, in this fashion Imagine. because it was so revealing. And I, I have to be honest, there's times when, for example, um, there was a wonderful show I was on the other day in Kentucky. And uh, well, it was not, I was not in Kentucky, I was on a, a Tuesday reading passages from the book. She just loved it, and she was reading passage after passage, and then she hit one passage. Thank God, or not, that I wasn't on Skype or on Smile Time, because I, I, I welled up. It was so yeah. powerful. These are my words, and I'm being moved by my own words. And it brought oh, me yeah. back to, 
Yeah, it brought me back to a very, very difficult and desolate place writing. I mean, I have a similar experience. I went and Googled a quote that I thought was really amazing. It blew my mind. It turned out to be from my own book. <laughs> like, Is that right? Yeah, I wrote that. No wonder it hit me oh. so hard. That's yeah. that's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. Like, you wow. Know, you, you put those words out there and you give them and and they sometimes when they come back it's it really is mind blowing. So you are yeah. a poet. You are an artist and um what you've shared through talking to me and through your book is just it's a real gift. It really is and, and I wanted to thank you and tell you that, that I know you have your Hollywood background, but you're a superstar now. And i that's why I have you here on Tinseltown Live, because to me, you're this kind of superstar that I want people to know and see and so that you can shine and help inspire others to pursue their dreams. So thank you so much. What else oh, would you like to share you. with me? Tell me what oh. else you want to know. What else do I want to I... I would love, if you get a chance, folks, read a passage of the book. Go to thelegacyletters.com. There's, there's all sorts of Instagram quotes and, and passages. And there's places where I've got an on, part of an online book. You can read passages and different things. But, but take a moment to read and, and get a hold of me. And let me know how this moves you. Because... That has become its own amazing adventure. This, this, where you become the messenger to other people's way of experiencing life to the fullest, or trying to experience it to the fullest. And that's that's been probably the most fascinating part of the adventure so far. Fantastic, fantastic. What's next for you? Are you the big What's next? Yeah. So. Just to let mm -hmm. you know, so this little book, this is 40 of the over 200 letters that these children grew up with. Mm -hmm. And you come to the end and you wish there was more. Well, there is more. It's the Legacy Letters Complete, which is when this little book reaches the top and it's going, 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 that will come out. It's already done. So you have an appetizer, you have dinner, and guess what's my dessert? <laughs> and there's four. <laughs> there's more. The music, the father left behind music, so I've written all the music for the book. You're a musician as well. Yes. That's yes. great. That's amazing. And you've written the music for the book. It's all ready to go. It's all recorded. So we're just waiting for this little book to carry and yeah. head on up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, out of through all of this experience and um, being able to share your legacy with your family and with everybody that you touch, what what is your core value? What is the core message that you have that you want to share through this? When we talk about legacy, and I really had to learn this through the book, is that, you know, it seems that legacy is what you leave behind. And for me, the most important part is it's not, it's to, if you're going to lead a quote-unquote legacy life, it's not what you leave behind, it's the legacy that you live now. So, for example, it's being in the moment with your kids. Let's say you're writing a letter to Santa and you get a cell phone, you gotta be on the Facebook thing, you gotta be looking, you gotta be tweeting, just stop, golly, stop a moment. 
This is a moment and this moment's gone. And these kids are growing and they'll be gone like this. So really take the poetry of this moment and be in it. And I know it sounds almost cliche, but folks, slow it down. Now yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna not go pause, or I like to say to my son, go, 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 and then go slow. <laughs> so, like and he that. loves that. Yeah, people love that, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you yeah. know, living life to the fullest is really like so I love that. We at first you think, oh, that um is that means going the distance, that means doing everything, that means, you know, reaching new heights. But really to have that self-fulfillment, it's about experiencing what is right in front of you and what matters to you most. You know? So so that's what you're doing. So thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. I have lots more questions for you. Oh. But we should announce what we're gonna do. What do you think? Okay. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So Karoo and I had this little, I don't know, internet sink of mind melding ideas. And he proposed this to me and I think we're gonna do it. So go ahead. Tell me what your idea is. Wow, that was a send up. <laughs> Is everyone ready? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, it's not that big of a deal. It's just really cool. So, <laughs> so, so Melissa has next year, set up, tell them what you're doing for next year, and then I can segue into that because I think that's the perfect segue. The blossom. Okay. All right, yes, we're going to do, I'm doing a year in bloom, which is going to be five webinars and a Facebook group and coaching, but the, all of it is going to be the theme of really living your best self, your healthiest, your happiest, your most joyful, and presenting it out to the world like you're in bloom, okay, thriving. And that is what I'm going to be talking about for the year. So transitioning a little bit from the Tinseltown, but still highlighting and meeting with inspiring people and being inspired by their legacy. So that's kind of what I'm going to be doing. So we took this idea of blooming and with this guy who was in the movie industry and heading out to become a cowboy and then a writer and that whole evolution, we thought it would be great to go back to Hollywood, walk the Hollywood Boulevard, walk the Hollywood Hills, wherever you want, and do an interview in that way about that entire adventure and where that spiritual adventure and where it, uh, where it took me. And I'm going to ask the questions and we're going to have the conversation and he's going to show me and tell me his stories. And I think it's going to be a really fantastic thing. And of course, we'll produce that video and we'll put it out to the world and um, hopefully inspire some people and 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 learn more because we can always learn. And wouldn't it be wonderful to have a, a book signing on the Hollywood Boulevard right there where our stars are? Is that we have stars yet? The stars on Hollywood Boulevard? That's right. Sure. And anybody <laughs> can be a star. There we go. Oh, perfect. What a safe star. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much. Do you have any questions for me before we get going? It's been, it's almost been an hour. It's seven o'clock. You're kidding. Oh my gosh. What? I love your hat. I love your hat. <laughs> my sparkle. And I, yes. Your sparkle. 
Yeah. No, it was a, such, it was so, it was so wonderful doing this interview with you. And and gosh, I, I can't I can't wait to come to Hollywood to be with you and meet you in person and and, uh, and do the do the walk. It'll be great. We'll do the walk. We'll do the walk. And thank you. You know, I I just you know when you open yourself up to things, there's something. A couple things I'll share with you before I'll go. Three things I want to share with you. One. I got a little burnt out towards the end of summer on doing the interviews. You know, it's hard to reach out and ask people and book them. And, you know, I was trying to find people for social media just on my own. And um, at the same time, I reached a level with my following where I was getting pitches. I started to get on lists and I was getting emails that I was ignoring because I was a little burnt out. So I told my friend, I don't know if I'm going to do Tinseltown. I've been doing it for three years, and I just feel like maybe I shouldn't do it. And she said, you have to do it. That's your thing. You know, why would you stop? Why, you know, and she was asking me more questions, and I said, look, really, just because I'm, it's, it's hard to get people to do it. She goes, you should do it. So I said, okay, I'll give it one more. I'll just finish the year. So I go through my emails, and I realize that more than half of the pitches aren't product reviews, which is what I'm used to for my blog, you know, product reviews, like, we'll send you this thing, you try it, and then you can, you know, write about it, and we get the publicity, and you get to keep the thing, <laughs> you know, right. like, right. wow, that's really nice, but, you know, and so, but what it has is a lot of authors, and a lot of um, people like yourself, who wanted to, to be exposed through the channel and I thought, well, I'm going to write back to all these publicists and say, I would love to write and about the book and review the book if your if your client would like to be on my show. And I got a lot of responses. And because I did that, I've met the most amazing individuals with stories that I couldn't have found on my own. They came to me through that way and just, I opened myself up and every week I get to meet another wonderful person like you and it's changed my life. And I'm, and that's how I get, came to come up with the idea for a year in bloom for next year. And just to shift my focus a little bit away from the Hollywood Tinseltown. So I have to tell people I haven't told anybody this yet, but this is my last Tinseltown interview. My next one will be after the first of the year, and uh, I'm going to be um, interviewing, and, and it's going to be, you know, interview with Melissa Reyes about inspiring people. It's just wow. going to be what I'm it is. I'm honored. I am, I am so, honored. That is amazing. Thank you. And I'm going to, over my vacation, because I work at a school, so I have a few weeks off now, starting tomorrow, after the end of tomorrow, I have a few weeks off, and I'm not going anywhere this year. My husband and I are taking, like, a staycation. Boys, we have three sons, and they're going off on their own little trips and stuff. And so, um, so I'm going to, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I want to put together, like, a little video with all the people and all the books and all of the topics and just kind of little like, um, like a vignette. Like in my a mind, love. I kind of see it like a little, yeah, little love slideshow, you know? Yeah, so right. I'm going to do something like that to music and put that out as my final pencil town. It's kind of hard to say because it's been my baby for a long time and I love it. And I'm not going to like retire and maybe we'll still do some now and then, but, but I'd like to move on to something else. Wow. We, and you heard it here. 
and you heard it here. So we have yeah, lots of happening, lots of fun collaborations. The interviews are going to continue to be every week, and um, we'll be bringing inspiring people to Facebook Live, to YouTube, and MsMalids.com. So look forward to um, to more interviews and more wonderful people and more superstars like Karu Tapfritz. You've got it, Melissa. That's great. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and turn off the um, live video. So good night, everybody on Facebook. Have a great night. And I will see you in, let's see, the next interview is going to be, um, <laughs> I've coached Jenny on January 3rd. And then I've got, um, Charles Hanna on the 9th and Kat Cronenberg on the 10th. So you want to find out who those people are, you got to come to MsMalis.com and check out the blog post and find out what it's about. And we'll see you live on Facebook. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Good night, Carl. <laughs> Take care. OK. Thank you. Woo. You're welcome. Thank you. That was great. That was wonderful. Best ever, huh? <laughs>